Star Tribune's Prep Sports Podcast is brought to you by Becker Furniture World, Franzen Bank and Trust, Menards, and Carrier. Welcome back. I'm Jim Paulson, not joined by my colleague David Levesque for today's talk and preps. Uh, Dave has some uh, family issues he's taking care of, so uh, I've got a special guest today, Oliver James West, the editor of Prep Zone Minnesota, contributor to Prep Zone Wisconsin. Um, very knowledgeable young man uh, in the local high school football scene in the recruiting and what's going on, not just in the metro here, but statewide. Uh, Oliver, welcome. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, that's that, that's good to know. I'm glad we're excited about it. Um, so <laughs> I know I'm no David, but I'll try my best. <laughs> hey, he's got to worry about maybe getting his job back. Um, <laughs> talking a lot of football, obviously. Um, but we can't talk football, and I'll try to keep this brief, without talking about the effects of the pandemic on what it's done to the football schedule this year. It sure seems like schedules are, are suggestions, not actual hard and fast uh, um, dockets anymore. So many teams don't know if they will be playing on Friday and um, even who they'll be playing coming this weekend. We've had teams like Lakeville North that have had their first two games um, postponed and rescheduled. And I think they had their third game completely canceled. Um, so they've only played twice. We've got teams that are going in thinking they're playing one team and we can find out a team uh, has uh, uh, high numbers for COVID and, or positive tests. And they find out they're playing another team that they've scheduled uh, on short notice. It's just a crazy, crazy season. I covered a game on this week on Monday night, never covered a high school Monday night football game before. I didn't quite have the same pomp and circumstance as Monday night football on uh, in the professional ranks, but that just kind of shows you the types of things that uh that are going on um oliver what, what do you think about this season at least from that standpoint i think like you said although it's not the most um happy or exciting thing to talk about i think schools and players around the states are doing a really good job of adjusting and staying positive and uh working with what uh the board of health and the board of education is giving them in terms of guidelines. I know a lot of, some teams are getting hit a lot harder than others. Uh, you mentioned Lakeville North. I know Roosevelt is having some trouble, or uh, sorry, Rosemont. Um, and we see teams, you know, finding matchups that they would never see before. We saw Bemidji drive all the way down to Edina for a game on Friday. So I think and you deliver a blow too. And deliver a blow. I was surprised, to, I was surprised to see that. So yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head saying that uh, guidelines or the schedule seems like almost a suggestion. And really, until you know the day, you know, until Friday morning, I think teams aren't really certain of who they're playing and uh, how it's going to go. So I give a lot of props to these players. This is a unprecedented year, and despite all the stuff going on, it's been a really exciting season. So. Yeah, it's keeping everybody um, interested. There's no doubt about that. I, I do know that one thing that kids have told me time and again is that um, they all seem to appreciate the sport just a little bit more this year than they have in the past. Not that they didn't, but when it's human nature. When you get something taken away from you, uh, you tend to appreciate it and, and cherish it a little bit more when you get it back. And so I think uh, while everybody is um, a little disappointed that there won't be a definite state champion determined in any of the classes this year there's no prep bowl 
mm-hmm. I, that that's being mitigated by the fact that hey, at least we get to play. And right. uh, heard that from a number of teams this year. One uh, team said this year that their model was uh, uh, um, glad to play. Is also <laughs> that's exactly what I think uh, these players are looking at. So, mm-hmm. moving right along, Oliver, the high school football season. Now, from our standpoint, we generally focus on the Metro because mm-hmm. difficult to do things statewide. Your focus with Prep Red Zone uh, Minnesota um, is go, goes statewide. Can you tell me, give me your overall impressions on this high school football season in general? What has stood out if you had to pick a couple of storylines? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like you said, Prep Red Zone, we cover recruits statewide. Uh, we like finding, you know, outstate kids, kids up north, uh, kids near the Iowa and South Dakota borders that colleges can really benefit from. Uh, so I feel like we get a good sense of kind of how the season overall is going. And and there is some interesting storylines. I think we're seeing some, especially in the Metro, we're seeing some traditional powers uh, kind of struggle while some other ones are really hitting their stride and, and, and showing that there might be a new... Uh, uh, bully in town. I know uh, Wyzetta, I was kind of surprised at, at some of the struggles they've seen. Um, Edina has also been, uh, like you mentioned, they had a tough matchup with Bemidji. I'm, I'm glad that they appreciated or that they scheduled that and went for it. Uh, but with the talent that they have, I think they're a little bit underperforming. And then tra- another traditional power of Elk River is struggling as well. So although those teams that we've seen historically you know, find a lot of success in the state. There's some teams that are stepping up in a big way and looking uh, um, really powerful. I, I, like we mentioned, Lakeville South, um, they're looking dominant uh, in 6A. In 5A, I, I think Moorhead is, is looking unbelievable. There's something really special going on up north with Trey Feeney. Um, he's just, I don't know if you saw a stat line from last week, Jim, six touchdowns, uh, you know, 300 yards, five touchdowns go to Brady Walthall. Um, you just don't see a lot of numbers like that in the state coming from the quarterback position. So, and Feeney, if I'm not mistaken, he's the son of the coach, and the coach played his college football. The Moorhead coach played his college football at North Dakota State, but Feeney has already committed to the University of North Dakota. Is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, he's going to be a fighting hawk next fall, along with a lot of other uh, studs throughout the state. And uh, surprisingly, NDSU did not really, they didn't really stick their head in his recruiting. Um, I don't think they ended up offering. I'm sure he, I know he visited and I know he was getting looks, but the Bison didn't end up pulling the trigger. So they might've missed out on a big one there, a big legacy and a huge talent at the quarterback position. He's just, I mean, he can do it all. And he's got a big arm. He's got a lot of receivers. And I think Moorhead is, is the team to beat in 5A. Is that right? Because, you know, I looked at 5A, Chaska, the defending champs, they got beat um, by a very surprising Orono team. And uh, their first loss of the season, although I know... Chaska has lost a lot of players from last year. Right. St. Thomas Academy still looks very strong over in 5A. Mm-hmm. And the Owatonna uh, is always going to be in the mix as well. And I think they're, they're, they're pretty tough as well. But you think Moorhead. I think they- Moorhead is a sleeper in 5A. Yeah. Like the teams you mentioned, there's a lot of talent on there. Owatonna has some studs. I know Chaska, led by Nick Snuggerud, is, is, is really dangerous. Uh, but if there's anyone that I think would challenge Moorhead, I think it's going to be uh, the St. Thomas Academy cadets. Their defense and their running game are are really special. Uh, they reloaded at the position, and if they can, uh, if their DBs can step up against a potential Moorhead uh, passing attack, I think that would potentially be a really good game. Despite there not being a prep bowl this year, of course. Yeah, it's all going to have to be speculative, isn't it? 
Exactly. Um, and it's unfortunate too, because I think there'd be some really good potential prep bowl matchups. I know your alma mater, Minneapolis North, uh, man, I, I would pay good money to see them play Caledonia somehow. I think if there's ever a team that could snap that streak, I think it would be this year for, uh, with the Polars. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, they, that, they had Caledonia in their crosshair. That's what they wanted this mm-hmm. season. It was the year that North had targeted that they're going to beat Caledonia. And Caledonia having down to one king left, and <laughs> king is a, is a, a pretty good uh, uh, guy to be building around. And right. they're such a great program. Um, and uh, the, so that you know that they're not going to be a, a pushover in any means. But North really, really looked at this season as being their year to get past Caledonia. Um, but again, it's another team that told me that when they got the season you know, taken away and moved to spring, um, and they got it back. They were just jubilant that they're going to get a chance to play it all. So I think that while there's a little bit of uh, of disappointment in the background, I think North is is going to make enough noise this year that that they'll uh, have a pretty satisfying year. And so far, they've been doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. But in Class Six A, Lakeville South, with a never ending supply of running backs, is, it seems to be you know unstoppable over at least offensively. What do you think about Lakeville South? Well, like you mentioned, I don't know where they're finding these running backs from, but apparently they grow on trees in Lakeville. Um, you know, yes. the Cougars. Lakeville North has a few too, yes. I know, right? The Cougars replacing a, a loaded backfield, senior backfield from last year with uh, Minnesota State uh, Mankato commit Johnny Shabazz, uh, UW Lacrosse commit Hank English, and a couple other running backs. Uh, I thought the Cougars were possibly going gonna, to, uh, you know, ha- have a hiccup at, at least of running the ball, but they are – but they are still in stride. And uh, last week got a big rushing attack from uh, sophomore uh, Carson Hansen. I, th- I think it is Jim. What was his stat line again? And well, I, he had uh, four touchdowns, I think. And he definitely didn't go in the game as the, uh, as the uh, workhorse back planned, but he stepped up in against prior Lake and when they needed someone to step up. And the thing about that Lakeville South team, they've been doing it for the past two games without, the best offensive lineman in the state and the number one recruit in the state in uh, Riley Mallman who has been out since uh, with an injury since uh, um, the first game of the season against, uh, against Burnsville. And they seem to be mum about what that injury is. You know, David Levesque was at the game last uh, week and he said that uh, they weren't going to tell they weren't, they weren't divulging what the injury was. He said he thought he might've been able to take the hockey angle and ask if it's an upper body or a lower body, <laughs> but I, I, I don't gather that it's severe, um, career-threatening, or even season-threatening. From what I hear, it's more precautionary than others, and would, wouldn't be surprised to see Malman back very soon, maybe even this week, because Lakeville South has that uh, big crosstown rivalry against Lakeville North uh, this coming Friday, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Um, one other team that's back and looking like normal is Eden Prairie. We keep Talking about other teams, but don't sleep on Eden Prairie. They look like the Eden Prairie of old. And um, do. Well, three losses last year was like a, a, a sub-500 season for other teams. That was unusual, but they're back and, and playing very well. Yes, they are. They Like you mentioned, they, uh, they look like the Eden Prairie of old. And I think they have a great mix of senior and younger talent. Um, one of our favorite receivers in the Metro, Cade Kramer, is, is playing his butt off. They have some gigantic tackles and NDSU commit Sam Henry. 
and uh, NSIC recruit for Shield. Both of them are 6'6 six, six or 6'7, six, 300 pounds. Big boys. Big boys, big hogs. And uh, then they're led by some surprising uh, juniors. David Warren Mitchell at quarterback has been just a complete weapon this year. And uh, he's made, he's taken 6A by storm and has, and has made his presence known. And then they have a, a nice other, uh, a nice um, junior Logan Garris, I think I'm saying his last name right. He's a dynamic athlete that plays on both sides of the ball. So the Eden Prairie, along with their strong rushing game, have, have uh, yeah, set their set their tone in 6A and and let everyone know that they're back. So that's exciting. Well, I'll be honest, I haven't I haven't paid as close attention to their personnel as I should have this year. I know Johnny Hartle is uh is back in hard in the backfield, and you said Cade Kramer was the the brother. Don't forget of uh, Cole Kramer, the uh, quarterback who's now at the University of Minnesota. Um, but, um, what about justice Sullivan in the first game of the season? Uh, he was in actually, and he's a, he's a division one recruit as defensive end linebacker going to Iowa. Um, he was in the game and playing offense and was, um, you know, looking for that, that Mike Grant likes to get his big horse horses in the backfield or short yardage type plays. And he was going running left. I think he was running actually off tackle and he went down, got leg whipped and went out of the game with a, the leg injury. I haven't paid attention. Have you heard if uh, if uh, Sullivan's been back at all? That's a good question too. Like much like Lakeville South, I think uh, Eden Prairie's uh, keeping their their lips tied on uh, injury news, especially with both these kids being you know high profile Big Ten recruits. Uh, I think there's there's not a lot of reason to for the coaches to be loose lipped about it. But I haven't heard very much, and and much like Lakeville South, both these teams are doing very well without their best player. So. Um, I think if they were struggling a little more, there'd be a little more pressure for them to come back. I know Malman probably wants to play versus North. That's a huge game for Lakeville kids, but I think they're both on the, on a, on the right track being uh, cautious about coming back fast. So our crack statistician um, slash team leader slash you know, do everything. Paul Clouda came up with Carson Hansen's stats from the prior late game, 17 carries 182 yards four touchdowns. So that, that was, a well, you know, one thing I was, you talked about um, Trey Feeney's six touchdown passes last week. It's, it, that was kind of a theme for last week. I saw Ben Alsleben at Litchfield had five touchdown passes. Connor DeVellis at, uh, at uh, Anoka had five touchdowns, or Andover, I'm sorry, had five touchdown passes last week. You're, you're seeing big, big passing games out of quarterbacks that you didn't really anticipate this year. Now, I know Alsleben's had a terrific year at Litchfield. They're 3-0, and uh, and I think that they deserve some love in uh, i think is it which field class 3a or 4a team i have to double check that but i uh, think they're i think they're three i i might yeah be i had I, when I, I just voted the uh, on the ap poll today and i made sure i had litchfield um right there in the mix um, yeah they have for a small school they also they have a really strong senior class i know i wrote about it a while ago for prep red zone minnesota but they're a small school hotbed and and yeah also blinn can sling it uh cooper yaggy at breckenridge is throwing the ball all over the place too he got a preferred walk-on offer from uh the mighty bison of north dakota state so he's a fun one to watch and and yeah like you mentioned jim minnesota is i mean for a state that prides itself on running the ball there's been a lot of uh potent passing attacks this year so it's been fun it's been fun to watch yeah you had a big game from johnny devore of monomita a, a few weeks ago you've got guys like zach yeager at north he's got 12 touchdown passes in three games it's it's yeah, the, Drew Kittleson at Blooming Prairie. I was wondering if Blooming Prairie was going to be able to match last year's state championship uh, in Class One A, and they they picked up where they left off, and they're three and zero. And 
Kittleston has thrown what 800 and some yards and 13 touchdowns. So it's, it, you've got a lot of names stepping to the forefront that you didn't uh, anticipate at the start of the season. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought up Kittleson. He's uh yeah, he's, he's all over the stat, uh, the stat leaderboards on mnfootballhub.com. So, you know, the, the one thing that I'm looking as you look at the stats that stands out to me and I, I find it uh, kind of refreshing because I'm a city kid and you're a city kid, you'll appreciate this is that there is, a number of Minneapolis conference football players that are making names for themselves this year. You know, obviously we've got Terrence Kamara at uh, North as a running back. Who's I think one of the leading, I think he might be leading Russia in the Metro. Um, you've got, um, I might be wrong about that, but you've got his quarterback. Class cam. No, he is the leading retro rusher in the Metro. Good call. Yeah. And, and then you've got, uh, you've got his quarterback, Jack Yeager, who's having a great season. You've got Rio Sanders, who's as explosive a, uh, the athlete as you'll find on North. And I think he's averaging what 22 yards of reception this season. You've got That's something out of this world, Nick Flaskamp at Southwest. Who's a great two-way player. He's got 560 some yards rushing, got 43 tackles. Uh, you've got Andrew Gotsman, the quarterback at, uh, at uh, Washburn, who's having a terrific year so far. And their linebacker, Niall Dickel, who's having a great year as well. So there's a lot of good talent in the Minneapolis city conference this year. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And like you said, it's really nice to see. I know when I was playing uh, high school ball uh, back in the old Minneapolis City Conference, the over top to bottom, we were kind of struggling. Uh, so a lot of teams have come back strong. And I think the, you know, the redistricting was really beneficial for a lot of these teams. Like you mentioned, Nick Flaskamp and Niall Dickel are in a, a, a competition for who can lead the state in tackles so far. Um, they're both in, in the low 40s already through three games, which is absurd. Um, Flask camp is, is a load to bring down as a running back. So he's been getting, and with, um, uh, TK Marshall's graduation to NDSU, he's getting a, a lot more carries. Uh, you mentioned Goatsman at Watchburn. He's got a nice receiver, Jamarion Wheeler. Uh, he's got a St. Thomas offer and he's a really explosive receiver. And then, uh, you know, for some other um, exciting storylines out of the 612, Minneapolis South is three and O for the first time that. Uh, I can remember they picked up some big, big wins over Edison Academy force. And I think they just won in overtime against I'm blanking now, but they had a, my buddy's going to be mad at me. He coaches there, but they just had came off a big overtime win last, uh, last week for, to go three and over the long for the first time. I, I don't know when that happened. It was been a long time since uh, South had been three, you know, Rodney Lasso has got to be beside himself with glee. Uh, I, I would hope so. Uh, going, looking at the season so far real quick. Give me a surprise team. Give me one team that surprised you. Hmm, that's a good question. Um, you know, unfortunately, my mind goes to uh, to kind of disappointers, um, and I expected a little <laughs> bit more out of Elk River. But in terms of successful teams, um, hmm, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, oh, I got a big. Oh, I got a good one. Uh, Wasika actually. Um, although they, they had a tough loss against the defending 4A uh, state champions in Ricori, I think they look top to bottom really, really talented in 3A. And I think if we were having a prep bowl, that they would absolutely be able to compete all the way to uh, for a state championship. They have some, some talent on the interior and on their outside skill positions. And I got to cover a game live, and they are really fun to watch, Jim. I was going to say, if they have had a sleeper team this year, a team I didn't expect to be as good as they are, it would be Orono. Mm -hmm. They're a class 4A team. 
Uh, they've beaten two 5A teams in back-to-back weeks, Cooper, and top 10 5A teams. Right. And uh, uh, number one undefeated Chaska last week. Um, they've got big receivers. Their their uh, quarterback um, is is a good athlete. He's a two a two way player, and that's uh, Teddy Dieters. And I think he's in his second year as a starter. Mm-hmm. He's uh, their lines are big, and they play an attacking very, and they tackle well, and they play an attacking defense. And they've really really come around and, and kind of surprised me as being one of the better teams and. In class 4a and it's interesting i think joe mcpherson the coach there um just took over i believe it was last year um for jeff whelan and he's also the head uh wrestling coach and last year he uh guided orno's wrestling team to the state tournament for its first team wrestling uh, uh section championship and this year they're they're undefeated so you know <laughs> joe you're doing a great job whatever you're doing over at orno keep doing it um so conditions well on that um and you talked about disappointment. You talked about Elk River. You know, Steve Hamilton, the coach there, told me at the start of the year he thought this team would struggle a little bit um, at young players in, in different positions. I didn't believe him because Elk River is always putting up big numbers. Right. And they, out, and they think they scored just like a, seven points in each of their first two games or something like that. Just had minor offensive numbers. And then Carter Otto, their running back, didn't get 50 yards in each of the first two games. But then they went out against Sock Rapids last week, put up 44, and it looked like things might be turning around at Elk River. So uh, I would be surprised if we see Elk River uh, not win a few more games down the road here. Yeah, well said. And just a quick shout-out to Carter Otto. For the second time in his career, he caught a last-second go-ahead uh, game-winning touchdown pass. So uh, if people remember the, the big game-winning catch against Moorhead last year, I think that might have been the state tournament or the section finals. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was the state quarterfinals. I'm not. Yeah, I think it was the state quarterfinals too. But Carter Otto just has something. Uh, he's just got that that uh, you know that unteachable knack for big plays at the right time. So props to him. Um, as far as players go, you know, we usually look at the Metro um, as a Metro Player of the Year. But uh, when you look at statewide, who do you think who's who's the Mister Football uh, early football uh, Mister Football candidate right now? Leader. I know I've I know I've talked him up and and talked about him a good amount already, but uh, Trey Feeney is just having an unbelievable year, and uh, with some um, with a little more passing going on in the state of Minnesota this year, I, I think quarterbacks are kind of setting the pace for for the best performing players so far. And although Zach Yeager's killing it, uh, Christoph Kolakowski at uh, Champlain Park is doing well. I think Trey Feeney is just putting up really unheard of numbers, and uh, he's my best player so far. Uh, Let me just jump in there. Cole Kowski is Totino Grace, just to make yeah. sure. Oh, Totino, sorry, not Champlin. Yeah, yeah. my bad. So, um, but, uh, you know, I went out on uh, Monday and saw Rosemount, which has played two games in the past four days. And I know he's a one-way player. He only plays uh, defense. And he's actually still has a commitment to the University of Minnesota to play hockey. But he's might be you know, looking at football options as well. And that's Jake Ratzloff, who is as strong and tough a defensive player uh, and as natural a defensive player as I've seen. And I, I, I talked about this and we were talking in, before we went on the air. He's the best defensive back I've seen and hits just as hard as Imani Hooker. Um, and if, if you're going to give a, a, a Mr. Football Award to a defensive player, I would say Jake Ratzloff is the guy to give it to because he's, he, he attacks, he delivers a blow never misses a tackle. He's faster than anybody else on the field. He's big. 
you stand next to him and you say, okay, this guy is, is, you know, central casting, uh, high football player kind of guy. He's, he's going to be the type of guy you, if he stayed football and didn't go hockey and uh, you could see him potentially playing on Sundays. He's, he's that good. Mm-hmm. I'll, if, I'll, I, uh, if I could, a, if I could comment, Jim, uh, just some quick rats laugh news. I think he does. He is down to two finalists. Uh, and it looks like um, after the NHL draft came and went, he didn't get drafted as high as he would have liked. Um, I think he's, he might be leaning towards football and the two finalists are between our own golden Gophers and the cross state Wisconsin Badgers. So I just wanted to let you know about that. Yeah. We've lost a few to Wisconsin, including Riley Mallman. Um, sure. <laughs> you'd like to see us, us win this battle. Um, because this is this is a kid who's uh, definitely um, uh, uh, cut out to play football. So, and you, you'd love to see him in ruining golf. Um, uh, and, and, and who is your top underclassman? Do you think in this year? Well, there's there's some good ones. Um, it's hard to ignore uh, Jackson Howard out of Cooper. Oh my God, he's amazing. He's amazing. Um, I know Tom Lemming, national recruiter, was in Minnesota not too long ago. Stopped by. Uh, him and his his nephew, who works with me at uh, Prep Red Zone, they both have him as a potential five star, and uh, they only give out like twenty five stars a year. And and when they and when they do that, they're expecting that kid to be able to play on Sundays and and get drafted in the first round. So, uh, um, he's an exciting one, man. He's a he's an unprecedented talent. Uh, we haven't seen a kid get recruited like this since I think Chantrell Henderson. I don't know what would you say, Jim? I would say he's even out, out recruited Chantrell. Because we talk about how Chantrell's uh, reputation exploded when people started it started building on itself, it started snowballing. Where a lot of people were just saying, "Well, I've heard that this guy is the number one recruit," or, and somebody else picked up on it, and then it got you know viral basically in the time when before viral was a word, and then it uh, it, it kind of snowballed. Jackson Howard has forty two um, Power Five recruiting uh, offers, and they're talking about SEC Big. Pac-12, Big Ten, you know, and he's, he's even, he, while he hasn't been offered by uh, Clemson or Alabama yet, um, his coach and his father, Willie, said that uh, he has heard from them frequently and they haven't, they haven't offered him, but they're definitely in strong contact. So if there's a college football program out there, a Division One Power Five program, they've contacted Jackson Howard. They know who Jackson Howard is. Um, one other player that, and that I think hasn't gotten nearly the credit he deserves as an underclassman is at Waconia. And that's Matt McKinley. I think he's only a sophomore. Uh, he won a state wrestling championship at a higher weight. I want to say it was 182 last year. I think it was 170, Jim. 70? Yep, 3A. And, and uh, last year. And he uh, he's a, a terrific running back, a great athlete, and he's only a sophomore. So he's, he's a guy that uh, he's kind of flying under the radar, but he won't be for long because he's extremely talented. Um, yeah, I'm happy you brought him up, Jim. He's he's a special talent, and and winning a winning a three A state championship in wrestling, especially at a higher weight, is not an easy task. So you mm-hmm. know he's got some grown man strength already. Um, I just wanted to mention some other uh, underclassmen. Ryan Retzer out of Belle Plaine is having a, a heck of a sophomore year. Um, kid should work at Perkins because he lays out he lays out pancakes like it's his job, man. Um, <laughs> I gotta remember that one. <laughs> I like per- I like Perkins, so I, I had to. Well, his um, nickname is IHOP. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Peyton Lang out of SMB. Kid is kid is 6'9", 330, and I know the Gophers have him on his radar. 
And then uh, two more, Love Adebayo out of uh, St. Thomas Academy is another special running back in the 2023 class. And then we mentioned Rosemont already, but they have a linebacker, Gavin Bass. Uh, his brother plays at South Dakota State, and, and he's he's a big boy already. So I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about him going forward. All right. Well, you know, we could talk football um, all day long, but it seems like we're running a little bit long. So let's wrap it up right there. Oliver, thanks for joining me. Remember, if anybody, if you're listening, it's prepredzoneminnesota.com. Um, I hope I got that right. And yes, sir. Thanks for the plug. They do uh, a wonderful job, particularly with uh, with recruiting information and uh, ranking players. And it's a statewide site, so you can get everything you want out of the entire state. Thanks again, and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me, and thank you, Paul. Appreciate it.